Hello everyone and welcome to That's A Wrap Podcast, the show where we wrap up the latest films that we've seen. I'm your host Joe Downey. And I'm your co-host Matt Parkinson. I realise how robotic I sound now just saying the catchphrase back at <laughs> That's the, the first time you've done it, I think, as part of the intro. Because I, uh, well, we said it way at the beginning. For the pilot. Well, episode, uh, yeah, and then I realise if anyone that doesn't know us, we don't really... We're just like, hey, it's Joe and Maddie P. It's been so long that I think the people who know us now don't know us. <laughs> this this is true. Um, yeah, uh, the date of recording today is the 29th of July, and the time is 3.18. Um, uh, I am very sleep-deprived slash just delirious, and Matt is just, you know, tolerating me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We're about as prepared as each other for this episode, I think, because it's been... Yeah. You've had some internet troubles recently haven't you because you're back at the isle of wight now and yeah. it's um, been a lot longer since i said we were gonna record yeah because last did you were still in bournemouth weren't you last time we recorded yeah 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 i said now, i said in last episode like oh by the time yeah, yeah. You, you hear this i'll be back on the island and we'll be recording then and yeah then and your wi-fi has been a bit wall. dodgy so it's been it's about been terrible so we're talking about three films today as usual but it's been about a week since we've seen them yeah we are so, not fre- fresh brained we're not, not fresh brained but... with these films but they've had a lot of time to sit with us but then exactly. again we've seen Got a lot of other marinate. films uh for those who follow up our... <laughs> i've i've seen quite a few since um what, since so, we saw just, the last three, I, I know we talked about it briefly before recording, but um, what what have you seen lately? Uh, let me get my letterboxed up. And if you'd like to follow our letterbox people, uh, is Joe Film User and Clappy P. Clappy P. So, uh, the films I've seen since our three films that we're talking about today, I've I've also seen Lost in Translation, Moneyball, Ernest and Celestine. The Graduate, Foxcatcher, The Wind Rises, Dogville, The Five Obstructions, and Meet the Parents. Mishmash of films. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, most of them good. It's very fitting that you mention The Graduate, because now we have, we have graduated. Since, since recording, we have both graduated. And yes. We're both... Because you, you finished all of the work quite earlier than I did. Uh, well, you got an extension, I think, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I finished around mid-June, and I think you finished... A little I bit think later. That's probably where my sleep deprivation or just lack of sleep is coming from. In terms <laughs> yeah. of, like my pattern has dipped since, bit like, not having anything to do. Yeah. But no, I what you're right. I watched The Graduate because it was the day I got my results, and my parents thought it'd be a nice celebratory yeah. film. And it is one of my favorite films. I love it. It's even better on rewatch. It's such a yeah. well-made film. It's great. Nice. I know that uh, Carson Runquist from the cast 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 so hard to say in British <laughs> accent. Cast, cast. Uh, he he talked about uh, the graduate when he graduated film school yeah. in America. So does was, does he like it? Uh I didn't listen to that episode. Oh, oh no you didn't want to spoil it, it yeah. Because they, they 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 were like, "Oh, it's been 30 years or whatever." Like Oh, longer they, than yeah, like 50 years, I think. Yeah, yeah. They they gave that reason for being able to spoil it, which I understandable, but not everyone's No, and seen it's it. <laughs> it's 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 one of those films there isn't like a spoiler in it. There isn't a plot twist right. really like yeah but it's yeah it i absolutely recommend it i envy you for not having seen it already and i'll, I'll it's, give it a watch soon. yeah i'll be interested to see what you think but yeah uh before we get off uh get started into what we're gonna watch today just like to say uh remember to follow our instagram at taw podcast that yep. is taw podcast if you ever want to suggest films and topics for us to talk about our dms will be open there you can also check out our facebook page if you type up that's right podcast or TAW podcast and make sure to give us a like and share as it really helps out the show. We are available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Overcast, and Apple Music. Bam, 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 bam. Um, You're you very know, good at this. Leave us a review because <laughs> it helps out the show if possible. And if you'd like, as previously mentioned, if you'd like to keep up to date with the latest films we've seen both in and outside the podcast, you can check out our letterbox pages at Joe Film User and Clappy P. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to sponsor the show, message us at our Facebook page or email me at joedowney280 at gmail.com. I should probably change that because it's a personal email, but, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, you know, if you want to sponsor a sleep-deprived podcast uh, where the host goes delirious, one of the hosts, uh, you know... <laughs> Might be I both by the end of this episode. Yeah. We'll it's, see. Uh, it's money well spent. But, you know, going off on to what we were saying about the Instagram page... We sometimes do Q and A's and 
just random discussions. Um, we don't get a lot of response usually, but uh, we luckily have uh, one uh, question today uh, from our, our good old friend, Adam Beal. Big up. Uh, good friend of the, the show and in real life. He says, uh, what are some of your favourite film shots of all time? Matt. Oh, sorry, that was... <laughs> I thought you were asking the, the wider audience. <laughs> I didn't know uh, you were asking... I mean, yeah, the audience... Yeah, let us know personally uh, through the Insta DMs as well, audience. But, um, yeah, Matt, what are some of your favourite film shots of all time? Uh, well, one that comes to mind is, uh, is one that I've got as my laptop background that you've probably okay. seen, I think. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. The, it's the first, the opening shot of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf when you just, it's, ba- it's a very simple shot. It's nothing very flashy or elaborate or anything. It's just a very simple two shot of Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor when they enter the house. And I remember watching the film for the first time, watching that shot and thinking, oh yeah, I, I love this. I can already tell what the dynamic is going to be between them because they're so like... that. Their expressions in the shot, they're both very stoic and just, you right. can tell they hate each other, but they're very, they're very similar. It's just, it's such a well, it's such a revealing shot, but also not very revealing, if that makes sense. It's just very simple. It's just good filmmaking, I think. Nice. If nice. you've ever seen that film, it's, it's a very good shot. Sweet. Um, I think I have, I only have two films noted down roughly because, um, I don't have like one off the top of my head in terms of, oh, that's my favorite shot. But yeah. in terms of, um, two films that have just got loads of great shots within them, uh, In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai. Oh, yes. Uh, there's a lot of frames within frames in that, in that film and it's yes. very aesthetically pleasing. Um, I think there's a nerd writer, a video essay about it probably somewhere, but, um, that, 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 that film is just beautiful in terms of, mm just the positioning of certain, like I said, frames within frames and people within those and what that's saying and whatnot. Um, I guess Chunking Express is also just very beautiful looking as well. Uh, but I put here Red Turtle. Because uh, whilst, whilst it's turtle. not cameras technically, but yeah. every shot is a wallpaper. That's one of my favourite animated films, I think, yeah, I've decided. Definitely. It's so good, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But any, um, any particular shot from from that or... It's the thing just I can't like in general. remember one off off top of the head, okay, but like yeah. it, it, a lot of those shots in those films are just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I also the master, mm. master's got great shots in there. It does look good. <laughs> uh, the master, uh, bits of stalker. Um, mm. You had a lot more than me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I trying just, to rattle them yeah. off. Like again, film studenty, but there's like you know. <laughs> Great stuff in Taxi Driver with Red Light. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the ones that mm. got pop up to mind. But yeah, but yeah, that's just an example of um, you know some of the stuff we talk about over at the Instagram page. So if you ever like to drop us some stuff or discuss some stuff, you know, hit us up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what so what I've debated is whether or not we should stick. And you let us know, guys, if you think this is a good idea or not is whether or not we should stick with themed episodes or the occasional, like, random, like, com- combination of different films, mm. which we did at the beginning, really. Yeah, um, and lately we've been going more theme-based, haven't yeah. we? Like, today's episode is a theme-based one. Yeah, um, because there's a part of me that likes the random mix of films because it puts people onto stuff they wouldn't necessarily... It's like, oh, let's talk about the master and then chicken run. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a bad example. But That's like... our next episode, Joe. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, for example, people that have seen or would like to hear about Who Framed Roger Rabbit wouldn't necessarily, like, then having, you know, a documentary about The National just and pop up. And then Bronson. Yeah. Because like, we did, it... yeah, our episode, we did Bronson, Roger Rabbit and Mistaken for Strangers. Mm. Which is like three different it's so ends rand- of yeah. the spectrum of film. <laughs> I, I like that though because it's yeah, it, no, it's you great. Know, you're not confining yourself, but then also yeah. it's great to have a theme, especially like you know when we had uh, Polish cinema. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Today's I think, theme is a bit vague, but like <laughs> I think not having a theme works sometimes when we have a guest on because often right. they choose the films and they might not want to do a theme. It's like I think when we had Heidi on, right? There wasn't so much of a theme there but it no, was three films that, that, that she yeah. wanted to talk about and it was good it was we 
they, it was an insightful look into them, I think. Yeah. Um, so today's vague theme, I'd say, is just general crew crimes. Uh, did I say crew <laughs> crime? You did. <laughs> oh, no. My favourite artist is Com Trues. Uh, no, um, that is actually an artist, like an electro guy. And then there's also Chet Fake. I'm going off a tangent. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say True anything. crime. Um, yeah, so we will be talking about, as you've seen in the title, um, I, Tonya, American Animals, and Kimiko, the Treasure Hunter. Yes. Which I probably definitely butchered the pronunciation of, so I therefore apologise, guys. It's, um, it's pronounced yeah. Treasure Hunter. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Treasure Hunter is how it's pronounced, I think. Uh, do you know what's really disturbing about video calls? What? Is that you somehow end up focusing on yourself. You'll get, like, yeah, I, I, do. I do that, because I'm vain. And Every time I laugh, I've got two veins that look like a fucking tuning fork in my forehead, and it bothers me, and I'd want to know how that cannot be a thing. I'm going mad, people, but it's okay, because we all are. It's a crazy world. I, f- I, I forgot that I recently went to the cinema lately. What did um, you see at the cinema, Joe? You know what I saw. We watched, uh, I watched The Dark Knight. <laughs> like a trying girl. to be like interactive <laughs> and sort of fun for the audience. You know what I uh, saw, oh, Matt. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, Matt, funny you ask. Uh, watched The Dark Knight, um, funnily enough, on like the 12-year anniversary, unintentionally. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, cinemas are back uh, open on the Isle of Wight, or one of them, um, which is a lot is a lot smaller one. So there's literally two other people in the cinema, but it's good because it's like two to three pound tickets. Um, nice. Whether as Cineworld isn't open yet, it, I think it opens tomorrow or the day after. Um, yeah, it was just a, a weird bit back being back in the cinema again, but very grateful that I can <laughs> in a, in a safe way. Like they did temperature checks. They had PVC up. And there was only, like, three people there. So yeah, you were definitely people, distancing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, that was a good experience. But, yeah, first film of the day. Sorry, we've been the king of tangents today. Uh, again, this guys, this is kind of our beta test episode in terms of recording from, from the Isle of Wight to Surrey. Uh, so if I'm going a bit mad, it's because of that and lack of sleep. Um, yeah, first film today is I, Tonya. I, Tonya. I didn't pull up the director or the year it came out. Craig Gillespie, me. I think his name is. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you pronounce um, it? I've only ever seen it written down. <laughs> I read it as Giuseppe because pizza. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'll pull up the synopsis, right, which I have right here. It says... In 1991, talented figure skater Tonya Harding becomes the first American woman to, become, to complete a triple axel during a competition. In 1994, her world comes crashing down when her ex-husband conspires to injure Nancy Carrigan, a fellow Olympic hopeful in a poorly conceived attack that forces the young woman to withdraw from the national championship. Harding's life and legacy instantly becomes tarnished as she's forever associated with one of the most influ- infamous scandals in sports history. Um, what do we think of that synopsis? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was okay. Pretty, pretty on the money. I realise I shouldn't be one of those, like, uh, auctioners. I can't speak. It was a very, very famous story, wasn't it? Yeah. When it, it happened. because was a scandal. Yeah. It, this is a true real life thing. Yeah. And I think we were the generation that kind of missed it because this happened, like you said, in the early 90s. Yeah. And we were born in the late 90s. Because I, I remember I talked to my parents about this film and they were both very aware of this oh, right. event. Even my mum, who is Polish and was still very aware of this. Um, so it was a huge story at the time. I think right. in the film they mentioned that Tonya Harding was like the second most talked about name after Bill Clinton in the oh, 90s right. <laughs> for yeah, a period of time. And it's like, it's, it was such a huge, huge thing. But I, I didn't know that until mm. recently. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I found out that the director had actually directed a um, co- like a soup commercial with Nancy Carrigan in like ages ago. Okay. So yeah, there's like some sort of tie to it. Mm. But um, yeah, uh, this is uh, starring and produced by Margot Robbie. She plays Tonya Harding. It also stars Sebastian Stan, Paul Waterhouse, uh, Alison Janney, and uh, I can't remember any other people. <laughs> <laughs> Those but, are the yeah. the main players, yeah. And I think yeah, first of all, elephant in the room the two main performances, so the performances from Margot Robbie and 
Alice and Jenny are incredible. I think mm. they are great, great performances. It's the thing that people remember most about this film, I think, because they were the two... Definitely. They represent represented the two out of the three Oscar nominations, I think, it got. Right, yeah. And yeah. they they are just... They're incredible, I think. They are great. Especially Margot Robbie, I think. Yeah, she yeah, really... Yeah. Well, Alice and Jenny as well. She's like, great, yeah. She I is found out it was very good. For, it was written for her to play that role. Oh, really? And that the writer had written his other films with her in mind, but other, other actresses ended up playing the role, but this one mm. she managed to get, and, you know. And she also uh, played this in... Played this role and shot it, even, um, within eight days. Just wow. eight days. And the whole film was shot in 30 days. Thank you, IMDb Trivia. That's impressive. But, um, but they yeah. they are two incredible performances. Margot Robbie is so chameleonic in the film, I think. She Ooh, really... I like that. Disappears into the role. It's really, really great. <laughs> I like that. Is chameleonic? 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 Like as as in like, like a chameleon? chameleon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I, I've heard it before. I think people describe Gary Oldman as like that. Okay. As you no, know, just, sort just, of an actor who disappears into their roles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't coined well, I, it. I, it's a it's a used word. <laughs> I, I know. It's like. <laughs> Uh, Matt used to say non-Euclidean a lot. And oh, I, just, I said satisfying. it like once. <laughs> and then we just kept repeating it. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got one other performance noted down that I really like in this film, and that is Paul Walter Hauser as the, the bodyguard henchman guy. Oh, yes. Uh, Sean Eckhart. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's such a hilarious performance. It's such a hateable a performance. performance as well, I yeah. think. Like, I, I have a bit, I have a note on it because there's a specific thing I want to talk about a bit later on with that sure. performance. But yeah, what were you going to say? It's I, just, I, it, I think he's just so good in it. Um, yeah. He's like the, uh, obviously Margot Robbie and Alison Janney are the, the top two in this film, but I think he's the, 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 the good running for third as well. Mm. He, it, and also, he, like, when they do, like, the... Compare, comparing it to the real life footage he's just like dead on he looks a lot like <laughs> and his and mannerisms yeah also it's, in voice it's as great well. yeah it's i think that film like started his career off mm. like because he'd had bit roles and stuff like um always sunny in philadelphia and community like very very small brief roles yeah but like this film like skyrocketed his career because then he went to do like richard jewell and black klansman and five bloods after this um i forgot he was in black klansman yeah, he's wow. the, yeah. Um, Good for him. Yeah, I just, I just really <laughs> like those performances. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's great. He does a yeah. very good job. Um, so what do you think about the film's use of mockumentary style within this film? I liked it. It was, it was good, I think. It, um, I think it worked quite well. I think overall the film is, is very well-paced and it's just the way it deals with its subject matter is good. I think, like, it doesn't... It shows that Tonya Harding had a very messed up upbringing right. and it doesn't censor it, I think, for the most part. It's very sort of blunt in how it deals with it, like the relationship between her and her mother, the mm. abuse that happened, the abuse she had with her, with her, her partner. Yeah. It's yeah. very out there and in your face and I think it, it works remember, well for that. I remember when I first watched it in the cinema, <clears throat> we watched it as a screen unseen thing. There was montages where they to show the abuse between, like the fights between uh, the husband and her. They, there was a montage between them where they would speak to the camera and throughout. And I I remember it not feeling right with me because it seemed more comedic. Mm. But on on second watch, I think the way they've. Because the film is bit, like it doesn't hold back. No, the, there even though there are jokey moments, it doesn't hold back in in a lot of those moments to show how harsh it was, especially between her and her mum. But yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. I on a rewatch, I just I completely I didn't find that they were trying to sugarcoat it or anything or make light. Yeah. Um, and no, you're right. There are some comedic moments, especially with uh, Sean Eckhart's character. You know, he's right. kind of yeah. that. It he's works. The, the blubbering hench, like hench yeah. guy. Yeah, um, and, and it works. I, I think the film, for the most part, is quite tonally consistent and well-controlled. Right. It, it works. Um, yeah, no, I think it works quite well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like like I said in the, the... I said it quite quickly, so the synopsis may not be great, but, like, it's basically just showing Tonya Harding's life, how she got into the Olympics, and then this scandal involving Nancy Carrigan getting her knees broken... 
or mm. her knee, uh, and how that entailed uh, Anissa Margot Robbie, uh, Tonya Harding within that, and then therefore kind of everything went sideways from then on, and how she became like one of the most hated people at the time. Mm. Um, and the film deliberately tries to show contradictions between each of the subjects because there's so many bits where whether or not it's fact fact or fiction how accurate it could be because it's being told from many different perspectives being like there'll be a moment where i was like i never said that yeah like, yeah they said that um yeah how how was that for you so there's a bit that i want to speak about about this about sure. the use of inaccuracies and accuracy so i i didn't know a lot about the story coming out of the film i thought okay if i'm gonna judge this film I should have some knowledge of it. So I, I did a quick little Google search of like, you know, fact versus fiction in the film. And there, there are some, a lot of it is quite accurate from what I saw. There are a lot of the character dynamics are quite accurate. A lot of the, the events that happen are quite accurate. There are a few little things like, um, for example, one of them when she, there's a scene where she's ice skating and she goes up to the judges and berates them for how they judged her on the ice. Apparently that never happened, but um, no. apparently she did berate the judges off the ice after the yeah. show but I think that inaccuracy works because it still shows who she was as a character and it's like it's a technicality and it kind of you know it works because it's like an elevated version of what happened yeah. uh, so it's, I think it's, that it's, works yeah. yeah it's funny you mention that because in that scene apparently when Tonya Harding watched it she said oh I, I wish I actually said that yeah exactly um, and it kind of that works I think in yeah. that way an inaccuracy I thought didn't much work. So there's um I don't want to spoil this film too much, but again it's real life, so Right, I, I think guess you can yeah. around it. So the whole thing with this film is that she gets an anonymous death threat from someone and in order to solve that in order to um sort of level the playing field, they send Sean Eckhart and her partner to beat up this other skater with a with a bat, I think it is, right? Mm, and yeah. apparently, so in the film, it transpires that Sean Eckhart was the one who sent out the death threat, I think. Whereas in real life, it's unclear. You you don't know who did it, right. I think. Mm. It's, it's a mystery to this day who sent out the original death threat. And I think that would have been better to keep in the film, keeping it a mystery. Because I think putting all the blame on Sean Eckhart's character kind of draws a bit too much focus towards him. Because right. he's such an unlikable shitty character already and you're just you're making him worse than he needs to be and he's kind of like i said he's the comic relief in the film and you've kind of made him a sort of key antagonist by altering history well, in that I mean, way the, the, and for the, me that didn't work as well i don't know what did you think the boy of that? The boyfriend as well jeff gully uh is mm. played by sebastian stan was just i hated him yeah um yeah, I, I I guess I need to look more into the real life side of it because yeah. I think this film isn't necessarily trying to glorify Tonya Harding. It's just trying to show her upbringing and her her side of the story. But yeah. again, I don't know her full uh, involvement of the actual real life thing. And I know there was a lot of like not massive backlash, but being like, oh, like I feel bad for Nancy Carrigan watching this back. Yeah, because you know, because <laughs> she so, was innocent and had nothing yeah. <laughs> to do with it. Yeah. Um, it's it's but yeah, yeah I just thought that little tweaking of history didn't quite work for me but honestly it's it's quite a small criticism in the grand scheme of things I think mm. largely speaking this film works and you know it doesn't show that Tonya Harding was a perfect character in a way it shows that she was you know messed up but the film does like you said you're right it kind of does justify it in a way by showing that here's the reason why she's like this you know She's yeah. had a horrible upbringing. She's right. had an abusive partner. It's, so, I guess it's probably just giving her the opportunity. Well, quote unquote, um, mm. because it's not actually uh, it's Margaret Robbie. But like, just there wasn't a lot said from her side of the camp and story about yeah. it, and just again shedding light on it. I guess. Um, another thing when watching this, I thought there was a lot of Scorseseisms. Yes, um, yeah, there are. In terms of style, music, and fourth wall breaking. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. I noticed that a lot of the like smooth camera movements, and yeah. then they talk to the camera. It's like Ray Liotta's scene at the end of Goodfellas, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I it's, think I, very, I, I liked it. it. Yeah, no, it works. It was good influence. I, I didn't yeah. feel like it was ripping off or anything. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I mean, oh yeah, uh, Sophie and Stevens was meant to have a song on the original soundtrack or in the score. Really? Uh, yeah, he he huh. wrote it and recorded it. It's out and people can listen to it at the moment. I think it's just called Tonya Harding. Oh. But for some reason it didn't make the film. I, I can't, I'm not sure why. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, what did you think of the ice skating sequences? I I thought they looked very good. Uh, I, 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 I honestly I didn't uh, give it much thought. I I thought they looked good. <laughs> what what I do you think? I understand how hard they would have been to do in terms of obviously because Margot Robbie can't do the triple yeah. axel, uh, and I know that a lot of CG effort went into it. However, mm. when at both times watching this, I always find it awkward watching those scenes because I get it's just like a floaty head thing, <laughs> whenever. Whenever there's the skating sequences and it's, it, I don't know, it's an uncanny valley type thing for me, because hmm. um, yeah, it does just look like a floating head. That, most it, of the time. Yeah, it didn't seem to bother me though. I thought the skating sequences were well crafted into the film. I thought, because um, I was saying earlier that two of the three Oscar nominations this film got were for Margot Robbie and Alison Janney. The other one was for film editing. I oh, think, okay. and yeah, oh, I, I, I can see that. Owen wanted us to mention the editing in this film. It was like his favorite film of that year, and that the wait, the who's who's that? Big... Owen. Oh, Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Owen really likes this film. I remember him saying it was one of his favorite of the year. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess just the mixing of the mockumentary editing with mm. the skate sequences as well. Yeah. Um, what did you think of when any of the actors played younger versions of themselves? <laughs> I think it worked, especially with uh, Margot Robbie, because her story is kind of... She does age in the film, doesn't she? You see her... There's a moment where she plays 15, and it just doesn't... It looks like <laughs> an SNL sketch type <laughs> level of... I like because she, she pulls it off, I think. she She's a very good actress, and she does play that sort of juvenile side of her character quite well, the sort of awkwardness of her, the sort of imperfect side. I think it works well, and then when she plays the older version of herself, I think that works very well as well because right. there's a lot of subtleties that she has when playing her older self, like her voice sounds a bit tired, more tired. I think she sounds a bit more cynical. It's it's a very right. good I don't, performance. Don't get me wrong, I think I she's think. great, great in yeah. film. I just, I, I just, I found the scenes where actors are playing younger just didn't, yeah, that's didn't fair. work for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have really a lot left to say about it again because it's been a while since we've mm. seen most of these films but um... i mean yeah i've gone through all my notes on on that my main one was about how it handled uh history and how i think most of it did work a couple of bits didn't quite work but right yeah yeah uh what's it the director of this film his next film is the cruella de vil film oh nice with emma stone as cruella de vil but then also i found that uh Paul Waterhouser in this is going to be playing one of those, one of the henchmen. I so see he's playing another henchman. Uh, <laughs> you know, not Horace and Pete, but he's one of them's called Horace. In you remember in One Hundred One Dalmatians? The I haven't two... seen it for years. I know you saw it more recently. <laughs> oh, I've, yeah, I've seen the animated one recently. But hmm. like the, uh, the two. I know. I know who like you mean. Thugs. The two like hen- yeah. The, yeah, the thugs. I know who you mean. It's it's him and the one of the guys from yesterday. Um, okay. playing those roles we'll, sh- we'll see how that turns out I think yeah. also he directed um, Million Dollar Arm okay. the D- Disney baseball film yeah. but you've been watching yeah. quite a few Disney films lately I think haven't you, you watched, well you watched uh, the cartoon Robin Hood not too long ago you oh, watched yeah. um, well, 101 because, Dalmatians because of Heidi yeah. <laughs> when we had the film rotor it's like Heidi once a week you would watch a Disney Dis- film Disney yeah. or yeah yeah um, I haven't. I can't say I've watched a lot of Disney since, or any films really, no. since being back at home. I found that I've grown to just like share, like watching films with other people and seeing their reactions and sharing that. Whether as watching even some of these films uh, at home on my laptop has kind of ruined the experience, either due to Wi-Fi or just watching on a laptop and yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, I don't want cinemas to die, and I want to be able to watch films with people. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I've got nothing else to say really with Itonia. It's a perfectly good film. Yeah, no, uh, it's like... it's very well well made, very very well acted. I think um, yeah. I know Alison Janney won an Oscar for best supporting yeah, she, actress. Yeah, yeah. do you, do you agree with that? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think she's like so good in it. 
Yeah, I would have personally chosen Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, I think. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's very close. They both they're excellent, and it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're very very um, good. But yeah, uh, I've got I've got nothing else. Let's do. move on. It's a solid. Go watch that film. That's my yeah, favorite. absolutely. <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> it's available on Netflix, and it'll probably be on Prime as well. But if you want to yeah. watch it for free, it's on Netflix at the moment. UK Netflix. Um, if you're in another country, uh, get a VPN. <laughs> um, yeah, so the next film of the day is... Drumroll. It's in the title. Don't need drumroll. Uh, it's American Animals. American Animals. Oh, it's been a while. I need to... <laughs> uh, I'm a host. Yeah, I'm psyching myself up. Right, synopsis. Spencer Reinhard, Warren Lipka, Eric Borshuk, uh and Chaz Allen are four friends who live in... Uh, an ordinary existence in Kentucky. After a visit to Transylvania University, Lipka comes up with the idea to steal the rarest and most valuable books, valuable books from the school's library. As one of the most audacious art heists in U.S. history starts to unfold, lovely gulp there. Sorry, uh, I was drinking water. <laughs> starts to unfold. The men question whether their attempts to inject excitement, excitement, and purpose into their life are simply misguided attempts. At achieving the American dream, this uh, similar to Itania is a true story, uh, but what makes this uh, different to Itania is that it has the real life people within it, and um, so that you know the documentary style isn't mocked. It's 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 actually it's, re-enact- yeah. it's reenactments, and they emphasize it at the beginning. They say this is not based on a true story. This is a true story. Yeah. That's like the first frame yeah. of the film, I think. Um, Funnily enough, someone in a letterbox review called this film Crime Tonya. <laughs> and then also Evan Peters referenced I Tonya in a press junket interview saying, like, you know, it usually would be the, the actors talking to the cameras being mm. those people, but with this you've got You've got the, the actual person. people. Yeah. And I, I I really like that about this film. It's it's a very good direction to go in, I think, when making a film of this nature. And you think it would be jarring. I personally don't like it in documentaries when there's reenactments because it it takes me out of the real life aspects of it but because these the fictional and the real life are so close together within this film and mm. it works a lot better like, and they establish it as, early on yeah. so it works quite well i think and whether as in something like uh three identical strangers for example when they'll like quickly cut to like the back of someone's head walking into a classroom yeah. or something it, it just takes me out of it um, fair enough there's also a bronson documentary on youtube where i just it didn't work. I just don't like that in documentaries usually. Mm. I think it, it works it well. It works as both narrative yeah. and... Yeah. It works well because there's a good balance of it. They work together quite seamlessly, I think. Mm. Like, there's scenes where... So they, they have, like, the documentary footage, then they'll have the the fictional footage, and then someone, the actual guy, the real guy, will appear in the yeah. fictional part. And it, it works quite well, I think. It's it's funny and it it's stylistic. It um It works very well. I think, and I, I think at first you, as an audience member, you tend to question the ethics of having the the people that did the crime, like involved in the story. But yeah. I think it does like criticize <clears throat> them, and it shows that they they're not proud of it. It does. But it it shows the them. As, you need yeah. to have them bigged up in order to, you know. You're right. It it doesn't glamorize them. Yeah, because yeah. it was interesting. I watched this. Uh, so I'd seen this before about a year ago now. And I watched this was with my parents. Was it screen pa- unseen? No, it was a DVD, I oh. think. Oh, no, it was on oh, right. Amazon, I think. It was on Amazon. Because it was oh, around, okay. like, just after I'd finished uni last year, I saw this near my birthday, I think. But then, okay. obviously, I saw it again about a week ago recently, and I watched it with my parents, and they hadn't what seen they it think? before. They liked it. They, <laughs> My dad said, this is going back to what you said about glamorizing them, he said that all of the characters are in it are kind of unlikable. <laughs> Yeah. Like, they're, you know, you're right, it doesn't glamorise them. They're all portrayed as very flawed, kind of arrogant, sort of But the, I, It shows that they regret what they did, this, you know, this yeah, art yeah, yeah. But in the fictionalised sequences, they're not... Apart from right. the, um... What's the, what's the main guy's name with the dark hair? I forgot the actor's Barry, name. Uh, uh, I googled ah. how, to pronounce his, <laughs> how to pronounce his last name. Pronounce his last name. It's I think it's Barry Cogan. Barry, Barry Keegan. Okay, but him. From he's, Killing of a Sacred Dip. <laughs> he's the only one who's somewhat likeable, I think, right. out of the four main characters. And he was the one who came characters. up with the idea. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he didn't come up with... I, 
he presented the idea and then it shows how his I can see why uh, because Lipka kind of influenced. He is the most redeemable of the four, I think, because he's the only one who's a bit on the fence. Yeah, he's the moral. He's the moral center of it, and it. Yeah, it's very good. I think it's it's a very very good blend of documentary and fiction. It's um, it's very original in how it um tackles it. It's you know that it's going to be somewhat very accurate from a factual point of view because the actual people are there. And then again, you know that throughout the film, there are moments where bits of information are skewed based on whether they like misremembered something yeah, or maybe yeah. didn't want to reveal something, but they do address it in the right. film. And I think it does add character to the film. You know, yeah. it adds personality to it and it makes you, it makes it even more real in a way, I think. Yeah. That's just another voice crack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm very raspy today. Uh, that's another similarity to I, Tonya, in that it's got, you know, the contradiction, co- contradicting, like, tellings of the story mm. between each character. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't glamorise them. This um, one's a bit more, like, visually creative in how it does yeah. that contradiction, I think. Because in I, Tonya, I, Tonya does it very well, but it is just a matter of sort of he said, she said. Whereas in right. this, they kind of, they make new sets for yeah. what the characters are saying. So, like, at the beginning... Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when yeah. he they says, would, like, like, oh, when you first... as it's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, did you tell me in a car? They're in a car driving. Or did you tell yeah. me on a balcony? They're on a balcony. Was it blue? Was it red? And yeah. it's like, you, it's so... It's it's just a little... It seems gimmicky at cool. first, but then you realise that oh, they've spent a lot more money just to, like, have this in the film, just and to have also, those little it, inaccuracies. It, yeah, it, it just it's just a good, like, way of showing character's memory yeah it's it's really good yeah it says that um online it says that the the director bart layton um who previously did another film that was a documentary i can't remember the name of it i think it was the outsider or the intruder one of those Mm. um he apparently he never paired the actors with the real life counterparts like they never had them meet each other in real life so that it wouldn't have an influence on how they behave however there's a scene i was just gonna say yeah with (laughs) with with evan peters and warren lipka they're in the car together so i don't know how that works unless i don't know like maybe he meant or something or maybe he meant like they didn't they never met beforehand yeah or like offset because that's like one scene i think that they're in together and they're just yeah but i maybe he just meant they didn't talk to each other uh off off the set of the film but yeah, but like I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I can't wait to see what he does next as a director because it's just a nice mix of documentary and narrative mm. fiction. But aside, um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, what are you gonna say? Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's just a really underrated film that I think more mm. people should see, and it, it, there's a lot of like tension building and then anxiety inducing scenes, especially with the the robbery. Yeah. And how that, because it gets hyped up throughout the whole film of how they're going to do it. They're going to do it like this. And they've watched certain heist films to see how it will work and how glamorous it's going to be. And then, nope, it's not, it's not glamorous at all. It is very good. Like, you're, you're right. It is a very intense film. The way it's directed is very sort yeah. of punchy. And the way it's edited is also very good. I can hear my own voice echo in my headphones. It's really it ha- annoying. It ah. <laughs> I hate it. it. I hate when that happens because it turns into a speech jammer. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, apps that, yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I want it to. I can't stop I it. Anyway, I, I'll I, just. I don't, as a side note, I don't know how to sort that. Whenever I'm on Facetime with someone, I always think it's because someone's got headphones taken out and the speakers echoing. Yeah. Like there's feedback, but it. We've both got headphones on. Anyway, it should be. I'll just talk over Is it. it. But yeah, <laughs> it's still there. But I'll. I'll. I'll be fine. <laughs> Again, this is the delirious episode, guys, uh, so I, we apologise. But just the, um, the yeah. fictional scenes in this film are crafted really, really well, I think. Like, it's a very no-nonsense film. Like, there are scenes that know exactly how long they need to be, I think. Right. Like, it's yeah. very, very fast-paced. Like, there's a scene where they have to send an email to someone, I think, who's, mm. like, uh, what is it? They're, they're emailing this guy in like another country. Yeah. Like a connection, yeah. And it's the scene's like three seconds long, but it does have those little character moments within that, and it's like there's no wasted time in yeah. that scene, and it's just it's really well done, I think. I've forgotten the name of the guy that plays the connect. He was in a film recently, Baccarat, and he's in. Oh, the old guy. Yeah, he's in. Um, he's Brawl in Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Oh, Jesus! It's, like, <laughs> it's not Lars. It's something in that range. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, he's in the painted bird as well. I'm just typing okay. that up. <clears throat> uh, do, 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 painted bird. Udo Kier. Mm. Yeah, he's very good. Name. Um, but yeah. Uh, sorry, my mind's just blanked. <laughs> um, I like how it shows... Obviously, there's the, a whole debate about media influencing major events, but it shows how these people are like, you can't, you know, read a book on how to do a heist. Yeah. So they, they watch, you know, Rafiki and... Um, I think it's Rafiki? Or another I think so. Right? And they watch Reservoir Dogs and they joke about it and the real-life people are like, funny enough, that's my least favourite Tarantino film. <laughs> and yet they've, could, they've actually carried out a heist and they yeah. call each other Mr. Pink and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it was just funny to see that and see how they not prepared because it wasn't for like yeah they don't show how they prepare but yeah like that they, they have segments where they'll like they'll place the actors in those films as kind of like a dead man don't wear plaid type yeah, yeah, style. yeah yeah like they make them black um, and white to fit yeah in. yeah it's, it's just a very stylistic film but then also like has a gut punch towards the latter half being like yeah you think this is stylistic but this is how real life gets yeah um <laughs> Especially it does get very, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially when it interviews the family members and their teachers. It's just like this looming thing in the back of your brain when you're watching the film. Mm. Of, oh, wait. The, you see how these people are reacting just being asked about this. It's a very anxiety-inducing film, yeah. I think, yeah. Another interesting thing about So I watched it with my parents, and my mum had an interesting response to it because she said that she thought um, that when it cut to the documentary sequences, when the real people were talking, she mm. thought they were acting. She thought they weren't mm. the real people and that they were actors brought in to pretend to be the real people, even uh, though uh, they were the real people. In, in terms of exposing identity, I guess? Not so much that, but just she thought that the way they behaved wasn't like how real oh, people well, would Warren talk. Oh, well, that guy's very, like, performative. Mm. And like he, the first time you see him, they show, I think it's Warren Lipko. I hope I'm getting the names right. I he think, shows yeah. his like dinosaur tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's very like wacky. So. But it's yeah, because she said it, it. It looked like he was acting or like reading right. from a script or something. And I don't know, maybe well, it's what, got a it's got yeah, a script to so, it, but I, obviously it's intercut with interviews. Because so. I, I did say to my mum, I think after watching the film that it is the things he's saying are things that he means and they are real things, but maybe right. they are slightly written to work with the film better. I, guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I would have to look into how... But it, it was just an interesting response, I think, to it, because it's, you know, mm. it's, it's clearly... You, you were saying he's a very performative person. Right. Well, he's yeah. like, the cra- like the crazy... The crazy one, one. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of starts this crazy... Like, this, this starts lights the fire of this heist um, mm. but yeah uh, there is a video that I saw a while back of Bart Layton the director like going through a scene of Dog Day Afternoon yeah and how that was an influence for the film and I, I think it's probably referenced in the film with when they watch certain heist films I just thought that was just interesting I, I um, can see that yeah you could yeah yeah um I literally, like, my main thing for American Animals is that it's just a super underrated film that more people need to see. And it's, it's a, like, there's been films, there have been films that mix documentary styles and whatever, but I think this one's just a more refreshing one. And I Mm. I really am excited to see what he does next as a director. Is this Um, his first film or his second second film? His second one, yeah. Because the first one is more, more documentary than a mix. Okay. But I, ha- I mean, I need to see it. No, he's, he's clearly very really talented, good, but... and he's clearly yeah. he gets good performances out of his actors, and he's he has a very clear vision in the film from beginning Appar- to end. It's very well crafted. Told, apparently, he told all the the people involved in the heist that he wanted to do the film when they were in jail. Like, as in, like he told them whilst they were in jail that he wanted to do the film, and it, he obviously waited. So it's it's a story that he's wanted to say for a while. Because how long... It's, the film came out in 2018, didn't it, I think? Yeah, 2018. And the event took place in the early 2000s, I think, didn't it? Like yeah. 2004 or something? Roughly, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, a good, like, 15 years or so between... Documentary filmmakers, man, they've got patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, just as a side note, um, Anne Dowd is in this. She's from Hereditary. She plays the librarian. 
She's great. She is very good. I just I feel so bad for her. In this she ties into the anxiety of the film yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> a lot of it counts on her performance. And the sort I of think. like you said, the sort of smack in the face of realism that you yes. get from it, like. Yes. Like, you made a very good point earlier of saying, like, oh, it's going to be a sort of flashy heist film, but then it's like, oh, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> yeah. I think you could say that uh, a criticism would be that they don't speak to her real-life counterpart enough. Like, they show... They speak to her, her once, I think, her. don't they? Yeah. But I think that's probably out of her not wanting to talk about it. Because, mm. yeah, it's quite a traumatic thing. And also, I think because she's only... She only interacts with them for that one moment yeah. in the film doesn't she really yeah. so I, yeah. I don't know how much she'll have to say about it because obviously it's very traumatic yeah. but it is just that one event i think so. from when they did show her real life counterpart it you could see that she didn't she, she wasn't want to talk no. about it and yeah i th- i think she condemns them the most which is fair enough well uh, yeah i imagine because she got the most physical abuse out of the the situation yeah yeah, yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people at the beginning of the film were like, oh, these guys were such promising individuals, and da-da-da-da, and then, bam. Um, and apparently Warren Lipka is studying film. Yes, now. I remember seeing that at the end. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly check if he's done anything now. See, film students can be useful. <laughs> we can be just talented. not for heists. Uh, <laughs> I can't see it. It's not saying if he's done anything. No, it's just. I, ma- I imagine but, he's um, laying low, like yeah, from since that. So yeah, yeah. Um, again, like I, th- I think it it does criticize them in the right way, and it but it it does show their side at the same time. It's not just saying outright these people are bad or outright these people were well intentioned at the beginning. I think mm. it's a nice moral gray area that they touch upon, and, yeah. and when there is needed criticism. It, they show it it's real life so, man yeah I, th- I think in terms of ethics like, that's probably the best way you can go around that type of subject yeah. really um, literally all I can say with this film is go see it it's, <laughs> but I, it's my favourite on this list oh uh, same yeah um, I would rate these as like American Animals I, Tonya our next yeah. film should we should we <laughs> talk about that now not, yeah. not to end on a low note but I mean, it's your choice. <laughs> this order. I, I, why? Why did you choose this order? Just out of yes, curiosity. I I don't know. Okay. I, I think that's like how we watch them. Okay. We we watched Itonia. It's just the order that we watch them in. Yeah, um, I think that was because I think I did American so, Animals first. Anyway, yeah. This one kind of vaguely fits our theme in the sense of true crime or true stories ish. This is based mm. on an urban legend. So Kimiko, the treasure hunter, the synopsis says. Frustrated with her mundane life, a Tokyo office worker, played by Rinko Kikuchi, I'm sorry if I've pronounced that wrong, becomes obsessed with a fictional movie that she mistakes for a documentary. Oh, that's another theme, I guess. Documentary. A doc- documentary, yeah, there we are. Uh, fixating on a scene where stolen cash is buried in North Dakota, she travels to America to find it. Obviously referring to the film Fargo involving buried murray buried buried murray bill murray <laughs> bill murray He's buried yeah and go find cat. him save him <laughs> where is he oh my god um yeah not to spoil fargo but there's some money that gets buried in it that's not, that's not a spoiler that's... <laughs> but she watches this and believes that she can go out and get that money so she travels over to dakota from japan uh, in search of it yep and it's a and she's very anxiety ridden and she's she needs to find her purpose and I think she believes that this is her purpose. Um, I'm kind of guessing because uh, this film's very vague. There's I think I knew said. what the ending was meant to be. I don't want to spoil it, but no, uh, I it's don't kind like of like the ending. it's a, I think the ending was pretty cool, but it's kind of I get what it was I, trying to do, but it's like yeah. kind of based on everything else. It's like so what you know why why should I care at this point. <laughs> Anyway, Again, not to <laughs> shit on this film or the filmmakers, but for me personally, this one felt like a bit more of a waste of time. It was, I yeah, 
If I could, I, it could I, have been told way better. That's I was my disappointed because <laughs> you first, when you first told me about this film, whenever it was about, I a week really liked the idea of it. Yeah, because yeah. you told me about it about a week and a half ago, and I thought this sounds really interesting because it's exactly. based on Fargo, which you know, based on a true story, but not actually based on a true story. Yeah, and then this that, film. Yeah. This film itself is kind of we're not sure if it's based on a true story or not based on a true story, and it's like again fitting into our whole theme of like contradictory yeah, levels. and it's such yeah. like adaptation levels of meta and like right. layers upon layers of like fiction you versus thought, reality. You, I remember you said oh, I can't wait to watch Fargo Two Electric Boogaloo, and I'm like it's not, <laughs> it's not it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, no, I was just that was just like a bit. That was it's like Son of Rambo. You ever yeah. seen Son of Rambo? That's no. such a good film. Okay, um, it, where, Son of Rambo has influences of what like it talks about the film within it yeah it's a different story but it's um, just yeah. yeah with Kamiko with this film Kamiko the treasure hunter um it does have such a cool quirky premise that they could have yeah. explored in such like a fun exuberant right. way but it's just yeah. such it's really quite boring and slow I think like yeah yeah, I exactly. I I remember I kept checking the timestamp when watching a film. I I do that yep. a lot for a lot of films because I have I, low I attention when span. I'm at, when I'm at home, I I yeah I when yeah. I'm watching a film on a laptop, I just I struggle to pay attention, especially yeah. for this because my Wi-Fi was so terrible that the equivalent, the f- how I watched this film was the equivalent of like a camera focusing and refocusing because the bit rate kept dipping. Yeah. So it would go from like pixely for when the buffering wasn't working to normal. And then like, just kept dipping in and out. And also, I was just very tired whilst watching it, which didn't help. It was interesting, because this is... So this is a film that we both didn't really like that much. No. And yet, it's quite well-received. It's very well-received. It's like it's when we talked about... on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's like when we talked about 25th Hour last week, that's a film that neither of us really cared about right. that much. But again, it's like really, really well-liked in yeah, amongst just... audiences and critics. I didn't feel feel like the film was saying much, or if it was, it kind of just felt... And this doesn't sound constructive, but it just... When I was told something, I was just kind of like, so what? Exactly, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how I felt, because you... There wasn't a moral theme. Well, there was a moral theme, but it was just like, oh, isn't this cool? That but it's like, because really they, they do this whole thing at the beginning of, of, like, this person is just like an average person. They live uh, the life of a 20-something-year-old. They don't like their job. They live alone. They struggle to connect with people, and that can be good. I mean, it's been done a lot to like also, make a like the protagonist. How how life in Tokyo is, however, it's you know. But it's just it's done so blandly <laughs> and so slowly, and you don't yeah. really learn anything about the character. There's no like emotional moment. Well, there are a few emotional moments, but they're not that. They feel missed. good. Like, they feel they, very feels missed. Like missed opportunities. And I think the main character in general, especially near the end, you realise how just juvenile they are and quite annoying. Right. Like I when, understand when... that the character has anxi- like anxiety issues, but I just I just did like the character because it's just no. like, oh, here's an erratic moment. Here's an exactly. erratic like, moment. Exactly. There's, there's oh, a I've bit, ran away. There's a bit where um, near the end she's being helped by someone and then, uh, yeah. do you mind me spoiling this? I don't. It's if, not necessarily... You, I think you can tip her she, around it. She tries to kiss the person who's helping yeah. her. And it's such a, like, where did that come from moment. Right. It was such and a then it happens. film moment. And then he he sort of backs off. He's like, whoa, what are you doing? Which is kind of the audience's reaction as well. It's mm. like, well, nothing led up to this. And then she gets angry and then goes for a strop and then says, like, oh, you know, the money I'm trying to look for is real. And it's such a, like juvenile childish he's meant to be like 29 in the film right and she acts that the, that, that oh. guy's played by the the writer and director is he yeah oh, i didn't know that okay that, well i just a lot of moments in this film just felt like that that moment felt like such a stereotypical movie moment of oh no the accidental kiss um yeah it's so like, forced a lot of it just it's, oh, it sounds like i'm nitpicking but it was just like just a, a lot of things just happened felt like oh we mm. need to have this moment or we exactly yeah from point exactly. a to point b um a nitpick that i have with this film is how they try and present lost in translation moments not the film but like mm. obviously she's going from tokyo to america uh, north dakota but there's moments where uh basically to like a character will just speak I don't know how to, how do how do I explain it? It's interesting. I watched this and then basically, lost in like, translation no, back to yeah. back. <laughs> basically, the best way to describe it is no one would react like this to this character. Yeah. There's a moment where the guy who is also the writer and director outwardly just says a theme, where he's like, 
oh, it's a shame we have these social barriers between us, otherwise I'll understand you more. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank you for just, you know, you're so on the nose there. Like, I never felt anything for this character I in this d- film, because yeah, they don't I, really I, do anything. <laughs> they They don't do anything that's very interesting. You're never really meant to... Sympathise with their <laughs> current situation, I, dude. You're allowed to criticise a film. Yeah, I, I, I know, do. I know. I just feel like I'm shitting on it. Well, good. It... <laughs> I remember when I uh, logged this film in my letterbox. I gave this, I think, three stars, and I realised that was a bit high. I think. I mean, audiences, go see it for yourself if you like <laughs> the idea, because like people do like this film apparently. But yeah, they really like with it. With both of us, we just like. I think it won awards at like film yeah. festivals and. Um, there are like ver- like some small letterbox reviews where they don't like it, but a lot mm. of it is high praise, and I'm just maybe it's probably down to how I watched it because, well, actually we can go into that um, with you as well. Um, mm. So we watched this on Canopy, which is a streaming service uh, that most is mostly accessible to uh, libraries. And it's for very students. indie films, I think, and very. Sort yeah, of art house um, films. Yeah, indie art film, like yeah. Mm. So, and this is probably an issue on Canopy's part because I haven't seen the issues anywhere else. The subtitling in this film is rubbish. It's not great. <laughs> Terrible. I remember because the point I, where yeah. there are key moments that are, I can tell they're key moments due to, you know, they seem expository just yeah. in how they're displayed, but there's no subtitles showing. There's what, a scene. Yeah. Where where a ca- um a character is meant to be saying oh take a seat but instead they say take a seal. Yeah, there was also um not a bracket but what's the the other I'm I'm oh like the square brackets them. yeah square no, I know brackets. what you mean <laughs> that popped up just one of them popped up uh the back one uh, yeah popped up next to something I saw that like, yeah this was just a glitch but I, I it's interesting because I think you clearly had more problems than I did because I I watched it first I think and I was. I was like, okay, yeah, there are a few subtitle issues, and I told you, but generally, it's okay. And then you watched it, and about 1am, you messaged me saying, bruh, bruh, these are terrible, bruh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's me and Matt's relationship in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I tried to watch this film ages ago on Canopy. I think I ended up watching Sorry to Bother You instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't watch it because the subtitles were terrible, and I thought it was an issue on, like... I don't. I thought there was some other issue, but no, it's throughout the whole film. Yeah, and um, the subtitles. I think I told you this earlier. They do just cut out at some point. Like yeah. a character will be saying something, and then uh, Kumiko will respond. Which is fine for the second half like... of the film because it's in North Dakota and it's. Oh yeah, because uh, you don't really need their own English characters. Yeah. But the first half of the film is fully in Tokyo. Yeah. And it's just there's so many moments that just go over my head or are lost on me, and again, that could be a detriment on me watching the film. But mm. in general, I. D- didn't care no i agree and yeah i was forcing myself to be awake in this film i stopped i paused it at one moment and like splashed my face mm. or like put water on my eyelids <laughs> i was i was really trying and i felt like i didn't <laughs> even need to it is a bit and of I, an... in, like usually if i'm falling asleep during a film or something like that i'm like it's probably me and not the film i feel like the film had some sort of like i you know i didn't feel like i was missing out I'm sorry if some way, shape, or form someone who's worked on this is hearing this. I hope that you're not. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned... We mean this out of love, because yeah. it's like Miss Potential. Yeah, it's it's a well-shot film. It looks kind of good yeah. for the most part. Um, especially the ending sequence, like the, the snow and everything helps, I think. Right. Um, it's interesting, you mentioned Lost in Translation earlier, and how it's like this sort of other example of like ambient sort of almost nothing storytelling, but it I, works. I, I meant fully just as in, like, moments that are lost in translation. Oh, right, okay. I thought but, you meant the sort yeah. of, like, oh, the, no, no. the narrative <laughs> style of it. Oh, I'm reading too like much. The, lang- the language barriers between... <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, the style of storytelling. Because I get what you mean, because it is, they're both kind of meandering films that right. both seem to not go anywhere, but Lost in Translation does it well, because it at least has an emotional core right. and, like... You know, I don't want to compare films. I just thought it was an interesting. Yeah, no, that's not thing. what I was attempting to. I meant. <laughs> oh, just, sorry, just that's that's what I took from what you meant. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, 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 man, <laughs> I, I feel bad. I really wanted to like this film. Yeah. Um, I think what's it? Alexander Payne is also a producer on it. That's cool. Fun fact. 
Um, <laughs> also, the director, the writer, because the writers are brothers, but one of them... It's David it. Zellner, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think his next film after this was a film called Damsel with Robert Pattinson and Mia Wasikowska. Okay. Uh, about Robert Pattinson, tra- like, travelling on a Shetland pony to Mia Wasikowska or something. So he clearly okay. likes his quirky ideas. <laughs> but, um... I just feel with this, it just, it would just, uh, there was a lot of wasted potential and just were all, sort of just like, oh, isn't this a cool idea? Mm. Um, I would like to know about this urban folklore tale that, because apparently, like, no one knows if the, if the real life thing is fully true or not, uh, where someone was found in North Dakota covered in snow um, trying to find the money in Fargo. Mm. I, but there's not a lot of, it's hard to find a lot of information out about it online, but apparently it was a, an urban myth at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry to the creators of this film. It just felt like a lot of mispotential for me personally. Yeah. I mean, you know, what is our opinion to matter? They got accolades <laughs> and I think it made its money back, but... It wasn't for us, I think. Yeah, it, it I, wasn't. that's the perfect example of, yeah, not for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Listeners, definitely check it out and see what you think for yourself. Because, um, again, a lot of people seem to like this film. Um, also, if you like Fargo, I guess it's a cool Easter egg for you. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, a film about a film. Um, <laughs> similar to Son of Rambo. And I can't think of any other films that do that, really. Like uh, American Animals, pretty, yeah, kind of. I'm but, trying to think now, because there are a couple, I think, that do this. Um, for mm. some reason, I'm thinking of... Um, the Indian in the cupboard, but that's more like featuring that features like Darth Vader and other characters within that film. But there was a rom com that came out ages ago. Um, with what bewitched? I, no, no. Well, okay, that as well. But I was thinking <laughs> of another one that um, I think Rob Reiner directed it. It was called Rumor Has It, and it was like a film about the graduate. I think. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, apparently. No, apparently it wasn't that good. I mean, like, everything Rob Reiner did after A Few Good Men was kind of poorly received. But Rest in peace to Carl Reiner, by the way. Yeah, Carl Reiner died recently, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I... I, Again, I, this is the film I have the least notes on, really, and that's... Same, I had literally three notes and I've kind of gone through them. <laughs> if you have Canopy, check this out. Check out Canopy in general, I'd say. Um... The other two I recommend way more. Yeah, um, same. My yeah, again, my favorite being American Animals. I Tonya does work again on rewatch. Um, even oh, is this a rewatch? Criticisms that I have. Yeah. Uh, well, the first two were rewatches. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> funnily enough, this whole call we've been worried about uh, freezing and whatnot, and we haven't frozen once. <laughs> now you're freezing. Oh, am I? Yeah, but only briefly. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Jordan. Yes. Hey. Cool. Um, <laughs> Inside joke. Um, yeah, a little, little <laughs> joke. Um, uh, I like that it's happening at the latter half of the podcast. It's kind of aptly timed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, is there anything else we'd like to say about these, these three films? Uh, we've said where they're available, haven't they? Um, we've said... So, I, Tonya's on Netflix, American Animals is on Amazon Prime, and Kamiko is on Canopy. Yeah. So if you want to watch them, check them out there. It was interesting using three different streaming services for an episode. I haven't done that yeah, before, I think. Most readily available films. Yeah, yeah. We didn't spend any money on these. <laughs> Thank God. There's going to be a lot less of that at the moment because I'm <laughs> waiting for my deposit. Wait. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, I guess I'd like to say thank you for being patient with us, guys. I know it's yeah. been a slow upload. and Sorry, excuse me, I just burped. Uh <laughs> There's just been some technical issues, and it's it's weird recording from here at the moment, but we will try and get more episodes to you regularly. Um, we have some show ideas in the pipeline, um, but once, you know, our connection is a lot better, we can do those ones. But, yeah, uh, expect, obviously, more readily available films, because at the moment money is not good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, check out Canopy if you can. Uh, you can literally just log in with either your student... Uh, like if you're a student um, through your your institution um, if not I think there are other ways of logging in I don't uh, know how I'm going to use it now because I'm obviously no longer a student 
So well, I mean, it's still working for you. So I mean, it, well, yeah, it worked a week September, ago, but it, yeah. But yeah, I um, need to watch more on that. <laughs> let us know, guys, if you would um if you want us to be more down the theme route or the more random route, the eclectic route. Um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, and, we'd um, love to hear from you. Yeah, thank you to Adam for, for sending feedback. that question. And guys, if you'd like to send us more uh, Q and A uh, questions and answers, to uh, <laughs> let us know through the Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback. And yeah, I think you know we should that's, say those lovely words. That's a wrap. Bam. So, shall I stop recording? <laughs>